0: Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know, to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader.
1: Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience the podcast designed to simplify the complex job of managing and leading people. Our goal with every podcast is to share at least one proven business practice that will help you build a more sustainable, profitable, and purpose-driven company. Today's guest is really special in my mind and in my heart. Uh, You'll learn more about why in just a minute. Let me give you some words to describe her. She's curious. Boy, is she curious. She is bold. She is kind. She is a dog lover of large proportions. She's a great daughter, and she is a great friend to me. From a distance at this point, but somebody that I, I really have come to count on. Uh, it is such a pleasure for me to introduce to our audience Adrian Jane Burke, who is uh, is our guest today. Adrian, hello.
2: Hello, Ed. Thank you. That's so nice to hear.
1: For the benefit of our audience, if you've read my book, Let's Be Clear, you've seen Adrian's name in print there. She is the person who helped co-author the book. She's the person who put my language on paper and did it so great, did such a good job at capturing my voice. It made me look probably better or brighter than I am. So I really appreciate that, first of all, Adrian. So thank you for all that. That... That labor of love that we did together. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Tell folks where you're at today and, and where home is for you.
2: Uh, I'm in Easton, Connecticut, which is a little town of 7,000 people and 20 farms in Fairfield <laughs> County, Connecticut.
1: Fairfield, if you've never been there, is uh, quaint. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lovely area, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a special area. How far are you from New York City, roughly?
2: hour and 15 minutes on the train okay and so yeah. when we first bought our house here i was still commuting into the city
1: yeah for a job. and uh i'm sure you miss it
2: nope not at all <laughs> especially all the new yorkers are here now they've all come out our our housing market's doing great right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the audience how we met adrian i want to i, I want to do justice to this and your version is probably a, a more more accurate than mine.
2: Right. So, well, when I was working as a business reporter, I was writing about small business for Yahoo. And Clay Mateel uh, published a book. So, Clay now runs Aileron. And yeah. I his book came across my desk. I called him up for an interview. Uh, we did a story on the book. And then he invited me to come out to Aileron to do an onstage interview with him. It was my first opportunity to feel like Oprah um, about <laughs> his book. And then he he let me stay at Aileron for a couple of days to take the training class with you. And so sitting in your class, I thought this guy, Ed needs to write a book. <laughs> and that's, that's how it all began.
1: Did, did you say that to me that day? I did. Uh, well, okay.
2: I think, I think I was thinking it, but you said to me at the end of the class, I'd like to stay in touch with you because I have a book idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we met in Columbus, as I recall, a few months later, and that started the journey. And it was—I uh, I, was it be—would it be safe to say there's a bit of trial and error to figure out how we were going to do that? I mean, it was just—we had to find our rhythm, our cadence about how we would talk to each other for the book. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: and it, it took uh, a long a longer than I think both of us. Yeah. Thought it was going to
1: that was not your fault as much. (laughs) But yeah, trying to write a book is, uh, I I don't think there is a way, one way to write a book. I think it's more about figuring out what will work for you as an individual. That's kind of my feeling.
2: For me, I, I was someone who was used to filing an article at the end of the day and walking away and coming back the next day to a new article. So a book was took a lot more discipline it was a I,
1: a lot, it was more it was more than a marathon it was, <laughs> it was running several marathons yeah. to get it done, but we did and, and it's exciting that it's still in yeah, print I'm proud of it still selling a few coffees well good got coffee so I'm, I, yes I'm, I'm proud of it too. your life has changed a lot since you and I worked together on the book yes. I think it would be wise to update the audience about how that's changed. You are now an entrepreneur and you have Greiser's Coffee and Market (laughs) in Easton. So why don't you explain that journey and how that happened? Because that's a wonderful story.
2: During the six years that I was freelancing as a small business writer and the three years that I was working with you, I guess you could say I caught the bug small business ownership. And, you know, I interviewed when I was at Yahoo, I interviewed literally 1000s of small business owners. And I thought, you know, every one of their stories was fascinating. And I really admired what people were doing. Um, Also, Clay Mateel taught me so much, uh, and you in the, in the class. And I gained such appreciation for what small business owners are doing like you guys have said they're putting their capital on the line yeah. to employ other people and provide a community with a service so I had that in the back of my mind uh, when I would drive by this little corner shop in Easton that it's it's where our it's a 220 year old building where our town post office still is situated in the same building as an antique store that Over the 200 years, this store has been the village, like the kind of the country store and the general store, the town hub. But the current owner, who's third generation owner of his family, um, he's a lot more interested in antiques and it had really become an antique, some in town said, junk store. He didn't even say junk store. His sign said, we buy junk and sell antiques.
1: Is it, I'm, I'm, a picture in my mind is uh, American Pickers. Kind uh-huh. of a, oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs>
2: um, and I loved the place. I would go in and shop for antiques all the time. But our town it has nothing, no services. There's a, a little sandwich shop and there's a little diner where you can get breakfast. But there's no grocery store, no coffee shop, no market. And that's due to um, zoning ordinances that, that were put in place in 1945, oh. prohibiting any new commercial development. Oh, So it's pretty hard to start a business in Easton unless you can step into an existing situation. Okay. So one day I approached Dick Greiser, who owns the antique store, and said, um, what are you going to do when you retire? Will you sell this building or lease the space? And he said, "Yep." And <laughs> I said, "Cause I have this dream." And he said, "Oh, come on in and talk to me." And I, it was just perfect timing. Like he he was early seventies,
1: yeah, and thinking young about retiring. Young man, very <laughs> young. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I love it. Very young. young
2: man. Okay. This was just kind of what he was waiting for, and he and I also hit it off. I think that was, well, he told me later, that was a big key. There were a lot of kind of coincidences and synchronicities. I have the same name as his late wife. Um, I chose a hummingbird for my logo. And he, i unbeknownst to me, he and his wife were uh, big hummingbird watchers.
1: And for our audience, if you go on Facebook and it's G as in George, R-E-I-S-E-R, Apostrophe s coffee and market. You you can see the Facebook page for for Greisers. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, our website too. So anyway, so we we talked for a year before we signed a lease, and uh, during that year, I took a class um with um, the Small Business Administration yeah. Score Group yeah. on simple steps to starting a business. We talked and, several
1: times. I remember, and
2: I yeah, I got a lot of advice. <laughs> I. Um, took advantage of all my vacation time that year to, to tour coffee shops around the country and work, uh, work,
1: work, 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 work. Yeah.
2: That was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, and so November 1st, 2018, we opened the store.
0: You're listening to the Ed Epley experience. Email Ed now with your questions for today's guest to podcast at the In his book, Let's Be Clear, Six Disciplines of Focused Management Pros, author Ed Epley breaks down key practices of professional management, how to implement them, and why it matters. Purchase your copy on Amazon.com today. Develop your competitive edge for the future while building a sustainable and thriving business.
1: Did you open as you had planned? Was that on schedule? Were you behind? What what happened there? Because usually most people, when they're opening a business, it goes, it takes longer to get it open than they thought.
2: Yeah. I mean, roughly the, the only, the biggest obstacle was dealing with the town, uh, Mm -hmm. town hall. Yeah. So we have a health department, a building department that weren't Used to dealing with new businesses setting up in Easton. and Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to jump through a lot of hoops for them. But in the end, it, it worked out. But so I wasn't able to open until November. I'm trying to remember exactly what the the, the holdup was. That's November.
1: all right. It, it's fine. But, but, but so pretty much yeah. on schedule. So you yeah. got to open. And then, yeah. and so you've been open now.
2: Yeah, just a about year, a, year a year and a half.
1: Yeah, a year and a half. And you've already changed business models, haven't
2: you? <laughs> the, the pandemic happened.
1: Yeah. Right? So yeah. no one wants to I, hang I, out in the coffee so this, shop right now. This, this is such a wonderful story about pivoting the business and responding to the marketplace. So so tell the audience what you did.
2: Well, to start with, I mean, I've told you this story that uh, I, I didn't raise money. I, I took money from a... Uh, a little bit of a retirement plan that I had to start the business worked with score. Um, the my mentor there helped me, um, write a business plan and establish a financial model. And, wow. and that exercise to me, the financial model, I felt like, Oh, this is total nonsense. Who knows how much money <laughs> I'm going to make in a month or how many cups of coffee I'm going to sell in a week. This is just like <laughs> pretend. Yeah. And w- it, one year into business, I look back at the financial projection we'd made for year one, yeah, and my revenues were seven hundred dollars off, better than they had, pro- than we had projected.
1: That's it, fascinating. That's it was
2: magic. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. um, so we really we did everything we said we were going to do, and we were, I would say, we were successful in yeah, year one. One way we rallied so much support in town was, and raised a little money, I created this um, cupboard of directors, I called it. And instead of doing a crowdfunding to raise money, I, I bought this big old, um, you know, antique pine cupboard with all these shelves on it. And I, a friend of mine made ha- handmade pottery coffee mugs. And I made a deal with anyone in town, if you will, Establish a five hundred dollar coffee account. You'll get a mug with your name on it on this cupboard, and we call yeah. it the cupboard of directors. And <laughs> I, I was blown away by how many people in town put up five hundred dollars. You know, in the first month, not even knowing if I, if if I was going to be in business long enough for them to drink five hundred dollars worth of coffee.
1: So, so this account, they 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 were essentially prepaying for coffee. Is that yes. what it amounted to? Okay. Yeah. So you got cash mm-hmm. in advance that without giving up equity in the business by doing this.
2: Yeah, about twenty thousand dollars.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed you didn't ask me for that. Oh, I, didn't. I
2: didn't even. Well, it's not too late, Ed.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Well, that, that's good to know. So <laughs> Let's close the deal after we get done with the recording. Okay, we'll close we're the still
2: deal. taking. Uh, we're still putting taking <laughs> memberships yeah
1: okay so that was creative and that that's uh that's a lot of cash in in the in the yeah. sense of giving you liquidity which you need when you start a business especially okay. when you're under fund, underfunded as you were so yeah
2: it let me buy a lot of inventory um to have stock uh you know groceries uh, lo- you know groceries with long shelf life canned goods and then little gift type items that i was able to sell in the store like linens and Cutlery. Yeah. Um
1: all right it, so 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 this is this is this is year 1 and you got up and going and mm-hmm. and became part of the fabric of the community pretty quickly for the way it sounds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That first summer I teamed up with a guy in town who owns a pizza truck. Okay. And he would come Thursday nights in the summer starting like in July we he'd park his pizza truck in our parking lot. Yeah. And we'd stay open late, and it turned into every Thursday night a town party.
1: It sounds we, like it. we
2: set up tables and benches, you know, big yeah. picnic tables and benches in the parking lot. People buy their pizza from him, yeah. So they're supporting his business, and then they'd come into the store to get salads and sodas and ice cream. Um,
1: so, so, so you you became more than coffee. You you by that time had, had added salads and sandwiches. Is, is is that was that always part of the menu?
2: Yeah, we, we sell paninis and okay. baked goods. Um, okay. And then we, it's Greiser's Coffee and Market because we have this little, uh, almost like a little specialty food section or gourmet section.
1: All right, but, but then you we had were a place
2: to... People would come and sit and have a breakfast sandwich or a croissant with their coffee or come for lunch uh, have okay. and have sandwiches.
1: sandwich. And then what are the normal hours for the uh,
2: We were open, uh, we've changed since the pandemic, but we were open seven days a week weekdays, six to six weekends, eight to three.
1: Okay. So you were, so Saturday and Sunday, you were eight to three. Yeah. Okay. And, and you were working how many of those days typically?
2: Initially all of them. Yeah. And then I was able to kind of not be in the store on weekends. Very cool. And then right before the pandemic happened, I had just really gotten to this point where I wasn't even putting myself on the schedule at all. I had my staff, I have six people working for me. So I could work on the business instead yeah. of in the business. Right. Like, yeah. Well, work. and
1: my guess is you were also front, you know, uh, out front and talking to people and knowing you, you were also doing great customer service.
2: Yeah. And I love that part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's
1: that's part of who you is. are.
2: I, that's what I, you know, I felt like I was finally doing the things I should be doing. I was doing the yeah. marketing, the, you know, being the figurehead. The,
1: the face the of the business. business. Yeah. Good for you.
2: And finally I had caught up with QuickBooks and all the fa- financial stuff. I paid my tax, 2018 taxes. I had done, you know, it filed yeah. an extension, but I got that all done. And good then the pandemic happened. <laughs>
1: And that's right. So did you sh- go from being open to being shut down?
2: Well, I was not shut down, you know, by the state. It, because we had the market, we were considered an essential business or we could come come under that heading. I wasn't like strictly a restaurant that had to close. And so that's what we did. We shifted to doing only groceries. And you know, it worked out the coincidentally the the distributors I buy from where I would be buying 20 pounds of Cabot sliced cheddar cheese from my distributor in New York so that we could make grilled cheese sandwiches on the panini. Well, that provider, that distributor is called chef's warehouse and they, their customers are restaurants all over this area. And the restaurants were going, were shutting down. Right. So they were looking for other ways to sell, um, Chef's warehouse was started going directly to consumers, but I also talked to my rep there and said, I want to shift to selling more groceries. And that's what we did. I started buying um, produce from them and more products like bottles of olive oil and things. That-
1: so what did your hours look like then when you, when you, so did we
2: that? we switched um, it, it was so much more work that we tried doing it seven days a week and realized we, we just need a break. We can't keep up. And our, our morning customers weren't didn't need to be there at 6 a.m. to get coffee. Teachers and people who work in the financial markets were staying home. So we switched and said we're gonna be open every day from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh four three, four, four, eight to four, right? So we the weekends we we were we switched to Tuesday to Saturday eight to four. We're closed now Sundays and Mondays.
1: Did you have to lay off staff? Nope. Wow.
2: I have two young women who work for me who are seniors in high school right now. And at first their families didn't want them to work. So I didn't have to lay anyone off. Um, One of those girls has come back and does, she comes into the store early in the morning before school to, to pack orders that have come in over the grocery orders that come in by email overnight. And then she comes back in the afternoons and does deliveries. So she's able to work without.
1: Are your schools open? No. Okay. All right.
2: So she, well, they're okay. doing online.
1: Yeah. So she's was, doing, yeah. When you met, said before school, before yeah. they online started. Okay. Give the audience a, a change of uh, mix. So you were going from a coffee shop that happened to have a market that supplemented that to now the market being the primary business. So what's the the mix shift that you went yeah. through?
2: Well, and I also feel like we we went from being a brick and mortar store, yeah, to kind Online. of an internet business, yeah. Um, which you know I had always worked for internet businesses, so it was familiar to me. And another serendipitous thing that. Worked at, I have a woman working for me who is had a 20 year career as a software engineer. <laughs> and she decided to just make a life change about a year ago. She, she makes pottery and we sell her pottery in the store. <laughs> and then when she'd come in to drop off the pottery, she would enjoy the environment and said, you need a barista. Cause I could use a few more hours, uh, you know, I'll be your barista. So she's working as our barista. And then it turns out, shh when the pandemic happened, she built she, well, I had we had a website built already, but she built the e-commerce
1: she built the website. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, really, so she that really within
2: did. a week, we were able to start taking orders. We had every we have over I don't know what we have, close to a thousand items up on our website now. pictures. I, I went around and took pictures of everything in the store. We got all the prices in, the inventory in so that people can shop online.
1: And so again, what, how much of your business now is the market stuff as opposed to coffee stuff? How's that?
2: 90% is. is the
1: so as things unwind and we move to whatever the new normal is, what, what do you think the business will look like maybe in six to nine months?
2: Yeah. It's a challenge figuring out how to go back um, to that. I, I do think that we'll have a, a, a lot we'll be doing a lot more grocery sales even after the pandemic is over.
1: I think so too. Our, our shopping habits have changed dramatically. We don't go in the store. We'd go do pickups now and I love it.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why bother <laughs> driving? To, and from Easton you have to drive 20 minutes to get to any grocery stores like Trader Joe's and stop and shop and shop, right? They're all in another town while I did offer groceries before I had a lot of customers who came in to get coffee and sandwiches and didn't even notice the groceries. And so when this this all started up, they'd call me and say, "Um, I love that you're selling eggs and milk and bread now. And I'd say, I've been selling that since day one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they just shocked.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm selling a lot of things that I wasn't selling before, like pasta and frozen fish and frozen hamburgers and things like that
1: what what do you like most about owning your own business
2: um being in charge <laughs> <laughs> you know go, especially go i thought like going through a crisis like this i get to decide how we're going to deal with everything uh, yeah. um, i i'm not working for someone else and just following someone else's plan
1: I wish the audience could see your face. She is just beaming. She is just, Oh my God, this woman is in such a good place for her. It's, it's remarkable how, how, uh, you know, you, you, I, I don't know what you said earlier at the beginning. It was something to the effect that we gave you the entrepreneurial itch or something. I forget how you said it, but the truth is it was in you. All, all, all that happened is it got uncovered and, and allowed to blossom because it was in there. You wouldn't, it's, it's remarkable how, how well you've done at this. What do you like least about owning your own business?
2: Um, just not, I, I miss my old life, uh, the life outside of work, <laughs> gardening and walking the dogs and exercising.
1: <laughs> she's still smiling folks. I know. <laughs> she misses it, but, but she's, <clears throat> it's a lifestyle owning a business, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I, I, you know, everyone I'd ever interviewed all those years told me that, but I didn't. You don't get it until you're doing it, how all-consuming it is. There's always, you don't, like I said, with with journalism, at the end of the day, I could turn off the computer and go have dinner and go for a walk and turn it off. And the next day, start over again. And this, you just never turned it off.
1: Is that the biggest surprise about owning your own business that the, that, that change in your lifestyle and, you know, in the way your life operates or was there another bigger surprise? This,
2: this business in particular, it's been so surprising to me, um, how appreciative customers are and people in my community are. Um, I, I feel like I've done well in most jobs that I've had but I've never had so much positive feedback and it's all from customers. You know,
1: you clearly found a niche that needed filled in the marketplace in Easton, right? You, mm-hmm. you clearly identified there was something lacking, but I, th- I think you've had always demonstrated a social conscience for the, for the area and, and, and business in general. I mean, you, it was, it, it, it was doing something responsibly. And my guess is the, the town pretty quickly figured out that that was going to be important to you, and and I my guess is that's resonated with them, which is another reason they want to support you.
2: Yeah, I got a really nice text a couple of weeks into the pandemic from a guy in town who is he, he's part of the Greiser's family. Okay, and you know when I first took over, I kept the family name. But people in the family, it was kind of like, what's going on? This is being taken out of our hands. And I mean, they'd been super supportive, but, but you know, there's, it's, it was a big change to have this interloper <laughs> show up and run the family business. <laughs> and he sent me a text message a couple weeks into the pandemic and said, I am, I want you to know I'm, how much I'm enjoying watching you Handle this. It's so clear that you're the right person. Yeah. Um. To have to do this job. I, I mean, that meant more to me than anything.
1: I I can understand that knowing you and and uh, and knowing how important it is it is to you to to do this the right way. In quotes. So you that, that's that's neat. You got that validation. Is Mister Greiser's shop gone? The antiques and stuff like that. And is nope. that okay? It's still he, there.
2: He's still there. So he also uh, as part of that he has a gas station. And so <laughs> he's run, he runs the gas station. That's still able to uh,
1: I, It'll be very interesting to see where, how this thing evolves over the next five and 10 years. I, I, am I'm excited. I, uh, I, uh, I'm telling you right now, as soon as the, you know, circumstances allow Fran and I, Fr- Fran's for our audience's uh, benefit, my bride of, of 38 years, Fran, and actually our anniversary is two days from now. So, oh, so 38 years, but we're going to do a road trip to Eastern oh, awesome. Connecticut. And oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I want to come up and see this and, and do it right. And look down over my nose, gla- you know, w- w- wear my glasses and look down and just be very judgmental. <laughs> and, and-
2: You'll and be proud of me. <laughs>
1: I already am proud of you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm very serious about though about being proud of you. I have, I have I have no doubts whatsoever you're gonna make this very successful. You know, we promise our audience that they will get an idea um, that that some other business owner or executive believes is crucial to running a more successful business. So knowing now that you've earned the right to offer. <laughs> uh, and about, you really now have paid the dues. What's your one, one thing, if you don't do anything else, a business owner executive better, better do this if they're going to be successful.
2: <sighs> For me, when I look back at the first year in business, I, I went into it having really done my homework. And I had thought a lot about, the product mix and the environment, and ex- it, I knew exactly what I what I what I wanted to do and what I believed would work in this town. That first year, I cannot tell you how many people will walk through the door and tell you, oh, "You know what you should do. <laughs> you should." And uh, X, I commiserated box. with other business owners and I've said I can't believe it like have I ever walked into someone's business without even looking at what products they are selling <laughs> and telling them what they ought to sell right and one of my friends who she and her husband own a restaurant she said to me oh adrian the two words that make my whole body tremble are, you should <laughs> <laughs> having confidence and not not, you know, and, and resisting switching the plan because somebody thinks you should, or somebody thinks their idea is better than yours. It will pay off if you can stick to your focus.
1: little Steve jobs, uh, focus kind of a thing, right? At, at Apple, you know, that he, he was not going to be dissuaded by what other people thought he should be selling and offering. It takes courage to do that. And you certainly have it. And, and, um, Takes fortitude, and you certainly have that. I uh, I couldn't be happier for you and Jeff. And 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 by the way, she's married to an entrepreneur as well, Adrian.
2: Yeah, um, and this has also given me great, much greater appreciation for my <laughs> husband. <laughs> <laughs> who works harder than I ever realized.
1: She's a talented woman in so many ways and and a, and a good friend and somebody that I'm so happy for and I hope it doesn't sound patronizing to say I'm proud of as well. So Adrian, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's Group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving
1: your skills.